All right, people, it is Thursday, September 16th, 2021. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report direct message. And in reality, it's actually September 15th. I'm pre-taping today's show because today the 16th is Yom Kippur. It's the holiest day of the Jewish year. And I'm a temple trying to be a decent human being. As always, guys, uh, share, subscribe, clap, uh, click that notification bell and all that good stuff. Uh, we are doing a Q&A today. I'm going to talk a little bit more about the Cali recall election. I'm actually wearing the same clothes I wore on the show yesterday, so you really know it's the same day. Uh, and then and then we're gonna move forward from, from the California election. Um, but I wanted to just touch on a few other little things and then some Q&A, which is obviously pretty heavy about the election and the recall and then about some other stuff. Before I do any of that, I wanna talk to you guys about Bonner Private Wine. You know, here's a crazy story. Down in Argentina, they have vineyards up at around 9,000 feet, almost unheard of for winemaking, yet they make world-class, like 90-point wine there. But these wines are almost impossible to get in the U.S. These wines come from deep within the Andes Mountains, made by the same families for over 200 years. The stories I've heard, it's no wonder how they even get bottles down from the mountains. Heck, one of the founders almost died trying to find these remote vineyards. Needless to say, these wines are very special. They taste incredible. Notes of blackberry, dark cherry, leather, smoke. They pair great with steak. I personally like to drink the Malbec. You've seen it many times right here. I recommend that you head on over to freethinkerwine.com. You'll find a Malbec from the third highest vineyard in the world. That's almost 9,000 feet. No inflated prices. You're getting top quality wine for about half the price. Plus my audience gets 50% off today. No promo code necessary, just head to freethinkerwine.com. That's freethinkerwine.com. And now back to me. Okay, so let's just roll two clips. Uh, one of the once and future king of California, Gavin Newsom, and then one of a good, decent man who the media and big tech and the Democrats treated just horribly, Larry Elder. First, Newsom after he won the recall election. No is not the only thing that was expressed tonight. Uh, I want to focus on what we said yes to as a state. We said yes to science. We said yes to vaccines. We said yes to ending this pandemic. We said yes to people's right to vote without fear of fake fraud or voter suppression. We said yes to women's fundamental constitutional right to decide for herself what she does with her body and her fate and future. We said yes to diversity. We said yes to inclusion. We said yes to pluralism. We said yes to all those things that we hold dear as Californians, and I would argue as Americans, economic justice, social justice, racial justice, environmental justice. God, I do not like that horrifically fake man. Um, everything he said there was an absolute lie. We did not say yes, we as Californians, to those things. I'll actually go through them one at a time. Yes to science. Okay, Gavin Newsom, how many genders are there? Because science has something to do with that. So did we say yes to science or no to science? You let me know. Uh, yes to vaccines. Actually, Larry Elder is vaccinated himself uh, because he has a medical condition and often said on the trail, if you want to get vaccinated, go ahead, but I'm not going to mandate it for you. So yes to vaccines. I mean, yeah, I guess you're for forcing everyone to do what you want them to do, but that was a lie too. Uh, then he says, uh, what, I scribbled it down really quick. I can't even read what I wrote. 
uh, oh, and the pandemic. He said yes to ending the pandemic. Well, uh, you're the guy that's been in charge for the last year and a half. And obviously it's not gone so well here because you were playing commercials saying that Larry Elder was gonna kill everybody. So you obviously haven't ended the pandemic. Um, so you're a liar on that one. Uh, yes to right to vote. Actually, uh, Larry is not against people's right to vote. Uh, most sane people, except screwball progressives like you guys, just want people to show IDs to vote. I did not have to show an ID to vote. I could have walked back into the polling place the next day and pretended to be my neighbor because I know his name and address. So the idea that somehow you're protecting the right to vote is just nonsensical. Uh, you said yes to women's rights. Uh, you're very concerned what a woman does with her body. Now it is true that Larry Elder is uh, pro-life. That's about the life of the baby, not about the life of the woman. Uh, Larry wants women to be able to make whatever medical choices they have they wanna make for themselves. Um, so that's, I'll give you like half on that one. You're, you're a liar, but the whole abortion thing has gotten so messy that you're, you're half a liar on that one, but pretty much a liar. Yes on diversity. Oh, well, you actually just uh, stopped the, the black guy and you're a white privileged millionaire douchebag and you treated him horribly and the media pretended he was a black white supremacist and the rest of it, so that was a lie. Inclusion, I mean, same one, it's just one of your ridiculous phrases. Pluralism, again, no, what do you mean? Pluralism, you all think the same. This is not a pluralistic group of people that voted for you. It's a bunch of clones. Uh, and then all the things we hold dear. I'm fairly certain, Gavin Newsom, none of the things you hold dear are the things that I hold de dear. And I'm at least a citizen in this state for now. Uh, now, on to Larry Elder uh, thanking his supporters. My opponent, Governor Gavin Newsom. Come on. Let's, let's, let's be gracious. Let's be gracious in defeat. And by the way, we may have lost the, the battle, but we are going to win the war. Will we? We'll see. We'll see. And I look forward to continuing uh, on the battlefield with Larry one way or another, regardless of what state either one of us live in at that point. But if you watch the rest of Larry's speech, he's, he's humble, he's gracious, he's thankful. Um, and just to, to put a final cap on that, and then I know I have a bunch of questions about you know, my future here in the state and everything else. Um, he's a good man. He's a good man. And just know if, if your only takeaway, your only takeaway shouldn't be that California did the wrong thing. The voters spoke. Okay, we, we live in a democracy. The voters spoke. But your takeaway should be that they treated this man horribly. And that is what we must fight more than the political fight in a specific sense. That anyone who dares speak up and does not fall into their hysterical leftist socialist orthodoxy will be treated horribly. You could be black and called a white supremacist. They implied that he assaulted a woman in Venice when he was the one being assaulted. Everything they said about him the entire way was a lie. Joe Biden said he was a Trump clone. He was born in South Central LA, the son of a janitor. So know that, just know that. It's not to sit here and bitch about it. It's to know what they will do and then figure out what is the best way for you in your life to react to it. And on that note, let's get to some questions. I know a whole bunch of them are about California and everything else. Uh, Brad says, I hate to ask, but what are your thoughts on the legitimacy of the vote and what is next for California? Now look, I said already that you don't have to show an ID. The second you don't have to show an ID, there's something to talk about. I'm not saying that there was mass widespread fraud, but the second you don't have to show an ID, by the way, you have to show an ID to get a vaccine. 
right? So they're telling you that you, to get the vaccine, which they want you to get, you have to show an ID and then you're gonna have to show that everywhere you go when you go into restaurants and everywhere else. Somehow that's not racist. But if you show an ID, if you ask people for an ID at a polling place, that's racist. Everything they say is a lie at every freaking level. Um, also this idea of the mail-in ballots where, as I said, you could literally see through the envelopes and see if people voted yes or no. It's like, this is something we should at least discuss, right? But we won't have a national discussion because the Democrats got what they wanted, so now we can move on. Um, but I think these are things that are worthy of discussion. And by the way, these are things that in red states that are saying they're working on tightening up these things, not to disenfranchise people from voting, but to ensure that people feel that their vote actually counts and any of this matters or is real. Kathy says, what is your plan to fight for California or are you leaving in light of this Newsom win? Uh, you know, I talked a bunch about this yesterday and the truth, the absolute truth is we are trying to figure out what to do. I promised a year and a half ago when I had that drink with Michael Knowles that I would stay and fight. And then when Larry got involved, it really like amped up my desire to fight. And I think I gave this thing everything I got. And I'm, again, as I said yesterday, I'm, I'm proud of what I did and I'm, I'm incredibly proud of Larry and I'm incredibly proud proud of my team and all of that stuff. Um, you know, there's not much here for us at this point. There, there's not much left here. Um, it's not as easy as me and David just saying, we gotta leave, we got, we got people and we have employees and everything else and we're gonna figure out all of those things. And uh, yeah, I like Florida. Uh, Sherry says, how can we reach over this entrenched generation and help our youth? Being a grandparent, I see my kids puppet the liberal media talking points and now I see my grandkids starting to do the same. Any ideas? This is, this is like the toughest one. This is the toughest one. I have a good friend, uh, one of my best friends, whose mom is in her 80s and she posted something. I think actually, I think I mentioned this before. I'm pretty sure she posted my Why I Left the Left PragerU video on Facebook and she had her grandchildren attacking her on Facebook. This is a woman who I've, she knows who she is. She watches the show. This is a woman who I've known and loved my whole life. Uh, who's 80 something years old right now. And, uh, and she was being attacked by her grandchildren on Facebook. And we're all dealing with this. We're all dealing with generational problems, the, the political thing that's leaked into everybody's families. I know it, I know it's happening to all of you guys, it's happening to me. Everyone's struggling with all of this stuff and we have to figure out a way to manage it. Um, as for how you can wake up your grandchildren, it's tough. I mean, this is partly why PragerU does those videos that they do, right, because they wanna do short animated things that might catch a young person's attention. It's hard to say to them, oh no, you should read Thomas Sowell's book. Like read that. That's tough, but if you can get them to watch something, just get, get some little kernel of something. Um, you know, make it, you're, you're a grandmother, I mean, make it personal. When, when they're saying these things about everyone being racist and, and old people that, that screwed everything up and all that stuff, say, well, do you think that of me? Do you think that of me as your grandmother? Uh, because most people actually don't, but they're caught in this hysteria. And then of course, I can't blame a certain amount of young people for being, being brainwashed because we know what the mainstream media and big tech is doing to people. Look what they did to Larry Elder. So if you're force fed all of the lies, you might start believing the lies. So we got work to do, we got work to do. Uh, Tanya says, have you spoken to Larry since the election? Um, I have, and we're gonna have dinner soon. And I just wanna leave it at that. What we spoke about privately will stay private. Uh, Amy says, how do we keep positive and hopeful about the 20, 2022 election cycle if we have zero faith in our elections? I get it. This is what I was saying to you guys yesterday. It's like, I feel proud of what I did and I feel good, but I don't think at right, right at this moment, I can like be selling you guys on, oh, everything's gonna be great and it's all legit and everything else. Like they're telling us 
They're telling us how they want to destroy the company, the, the company, the country, and they're and they're doing it in front of our eyes. And then when they when you ask for very basic things like voter ID laws, they tell you you're racist, and now they tell you you're diseased on top of it. So I don't know exactly how you find faith in that, but that's why I would say you have to find faith in yourself and in people, and in maybe in something above you rather than in these systems. And we have to figure out a way. In many ways, ironically, this is very much what my, my next book is about. Uh, Holly says, do you believe that there will be lawsuits coming out of this one based on conservative courts experiencing issues at uh, voting locations? I think there probably will be some, but you know, the, the results, it was such a wide gap that like the media is not gonna pay any attention. There'll, there'll be some lawsuits and maybe, maybe we can get something done on voter ID, but the state is just fucked. It's just fucked. Kyle, why do you think Newsom beat this recall election? Um, look, it's a, it's a democratic machine here. There are way more Democrats for sure. But as I said, many Democrats were moving over. By the way, Lowry absolutely crushed the other 40 uh, opponents in it. So this was in a way, in a way, a good day for Larry Elder. And to that extent, it's a good day for all of us because more and more people know about Larry Elder. So if you're really doing the long game, it's hard to do long game like the day after an election. Um, but when, once you lick your wounds and you start moving forward, like this was a good day for the ideas we care about because more and more people will find out about Larry Elder and then maybe they'll go down that rabbit hole and then maybe they'll watch some crazy right winger named Dave Rubin and next thing you know, you're doing self-help with Jordan Peterson and then suddenly you realize you don't need these politicians to live a better life because it's on you to figure it out yourself. So that, that would be my hope right there. Uh, I think this next question is sort of in line with that. Uh, Lee says, uh, the machine is so tough to beat, but I'm so exceptionally disappointed in the GOP. They don't fight for the cities. We cannot win without the cities. How can we do a better job of marketing conservatism and libertarianism? You know, this is a good question because I don't know exactly what happened behind the scenes with the GOP related to this recall election. But Larry, from what I can tell, got really no help. And, and not only Larry, the rest of the Republicans got pretty much no help from any mainstream Republicans. Like literally Larry had me, he had John Voigt, he had Scott Bayo, uh, Dan Crenshaw was tweeting about it a lot. Um, but where were the heavy hitters? I, maybe, and for all I know, and this is where I'm not gonna throw anybody under the bus, but like, would it have helped if Trump had campaigned or said something? I'm not sure, maybe it would have enraged the Democratic base more. And I'm sure there were a lot of negotiations with that. Even some of my, let's say, right-leaning friends, you know who they are, like people got very quiet about this. Maybe they thought they were gonna instigate the wrong side. Like, I don't know about all of that, but I, look, I guess I'm sort of new to the right side of things, but I have no faith in the Republican Party that these people are gonna do anything good. Like if they didn't see this guy as the right guy to back in this thing, even if it was gonna be, and maybe they were like, oh no, it's just, we're gonna lose no matter what, so why bother? It's like, well, then I don't want anything to do with you guys. So I'm not gonna sit here and defend the Republicans. I think it was pretty pathetic and, you know, they have a lot of work to do if they ever wanna turn this dystopian state back into a functioning uh, place. Uh, Eliza says, how was your experience during the campaign? How would you encourage people to get involved locally? Look, my experience was fantastic. It was absolutely fantastic. Every moment that I was out there meeting people, talking to people, uh, you know, speaking publicly, it was a joy. These are good, decent American people. They are people who wanna live free. I love chatting with people. I miss being out on the road. I mean, that's what I miss more in the last year and a half than anything else as I've slowly started going back out on the road for different events again. Um, so the, the question is, how do, how do these people just not get depressed right now? How do they not all get blackpilled? How do they all not flee? And maybe a good amount of them are gonna flee and they would have my blessing and my full understanding. 
Um, but I loved being out there. And by the way, there's something to be said about being the minority in this state. Like when you meet other people and you're like, oh, you're sane too, and they're all bananas, and that's most of them, and you're kind of cool too. And, and that's why when we do these Rubin Report meetups, and we, we did one at um, Pineapple Hill Saloon on election night, it's like I'm starting to know these people, and they're knowing each other, and they're making friends, and and uh, and dating, and all sorts of stuff. And it's like there are sane, like-minded people, and and sometimes being in the minority, like it, it's kind of cooler. It's kind of cooler. It's the actual resistance, not the hashtag resistance. Emmy says some people are partially blaming Trump for the loss of the recall because he comment on, commented on it. Do you think his getting involved in local politics in a place like California is that radioactive, or is this more blame shifting and demonizing Trump? I think it's mostly that, right? Like if they can figure out a way to say something about Trump and they can figure out a way to say something negative about Trump, they're always gonna figure it out. That being said, I just addressed what I think is a legit thing, which is, is it possible that the Trump derangement syndrome of these sun-fried people here in California is so extraordinary that had he said anything positive about Larry, basically, had he campaigned or done anything real, or had any of his surrogates, let's say, gone out and done anything real. Is it, positive, is it possible that it would have uh, engaged that base to even come out more? It's very possible. But I think you just have to do what you think is right. So again, I don't know if Larry spoke to Trump. I don't know if Trump spoke to Larry. I don't know what the, what the party was doing and all of those things. But to me, if you're in a political war or any kind of war, an ideological war, you go in with everything you got. You go in with everything you got, or at least a game plan to figure out when you're gonna go in with different things. And he, Larry did not get much help. He did not get much help, it's just a fact. And maybe if he had gotten all the help in the world, we'd still be right where we're at right now. Armin says, for a complete change of subject, hallelujah, would love to hear if you had any Norm MacDonald experiences in honor of his passing. He was one of a kind and truly fearless. He will greatly be missed. Yeah, he was truly one of a kind and was probably, you know, Dennis Miller to me was probably the best weekend update guy. That was my like formative comedy years. I think Norm MacDonald took over right after him. And I, I think you could put them at one and two and you could easily argue either one either way. I know Chevy Chase did it before them, um, but he was just so good. And what I loved about Norm MacDonald is when, when a joke fell flat, which it did, you know, there was always one on weekend update every Saturday that didn't work. He would make that funnier than the joke itself. I did meet him once, I think we've got a picture of it. I met him a couple of years ago, this is about five, six years ago at Aura TV. And uh, he came up to me and he goes, ah, I can't do a great Norman McDonald impression, but he says something like, he's like, oh, so uh, you're Dave Rubin, right, right? Uh, people tell me that I sound like you, but uh, I think you sound like me. <laughs> I don't know, and then we just chatted for about a half hour and he was just a good guy. We had agreed that he was gonna do the show and then something happened. Um, but look, anyone that, that's an actual funny comic um, who hasn't lost their mind in all of this uh, and who is sort of liked across the board, like, it's pretty great, pretty great. And uh, I think this is the last one. Allie says, what are you atoning for this Yom Kippur? Are you specifically asking anyone for forgiveness and what are you thankful for as you head into the new year? So as I said at the top, uh, I'm not live right now, even though the magic of YouTube makes it seem that I'm live. We are pre-taping this because today is Yom Kippur, which is the holiest day in the Jewish New Year. I'm at synagogue as we speak right now uh, with my friend Dennis Prager and some other people. Um, you know, well, I'll tell you the thankful part. I, I'm thankful for you guys. Like, I really am. I, I, I guess that seems cliche at some level, but I'm thankful that I am like blessed enough that I can say what I think for, for a living and a pretty good living and have people care about it and have people send that love right back to me and say nice things to me all the time and it's expanded my world and I get to know all kinds of cool people and 
go to all sorts of cool things and, and have flexibility in my life to take August off and everything else and, and do all that. Can you th roll back to the question because I want to make sure I answer it absolutely fully. If you could do that, thanks. Um, are, is there someone specifically you're asking for forgiveness? I don't think so specifically for forgiveness. Um, you know, the people I would say if I wronged anyone in this past year, it might be with a little bit of hyperbolic talk related to politics. But usually I do that in a sarcastic way that I think it's pretty obvious when I'm joking or not. So I, I don't think I wronged anyone sort of in my personal life. I really don't. Um, and what are you atoning for? That's a good one. What are you atoning for? So it is the day of atonement. Like what are you kind of saying, I, I did wrong in this past year and I got to do better next year. Um, I guess the best thing that I can do for this coming year, this 5782, that's a lot of years that the Jews have been around. Uh, this 5782, I guess, uh, I guess doing this better than I can do it, better than I've done it so far. I don't know if that's an, that's not an atonement exactly. It's sort of more of like a, that's almost like a New Year's Eve, like what am I gonna do better this year? But if I, if I did anything in this studio that, uh, that wasn't as good as it should have been, um, I, my hope is that I will do better. That's not the greatest answer, but so much of my life is wrapped up in this thing right here. You guys get to see it unfold every day, so that, that really is the answer. Um, all right, everybody, we are back tomorrow with a round table. Haven't done one in a couple weeks, uh, but it's all about Canada, and they have some elections coming up. If you thought our uh, California elections are crazy, wait till you hear about some of the Canada elections. Uh, Viva Fry, lawyer, who's been on the show a couple times, great guy who's actually running for, the, for uh, a seat in, uh, I think he lives in Calgary, if I'm not mistaken, Cal Western Canada for sure. Uh, and then Ezra Levant from The Rebel will be on, and we're working on Maxime Bernier. Hopefully the schedule will allow it. Also, part three of my interview with Rose McGowan is up. And, uh, and by the way, next week I'm going to New York City. I have some family stuff. Um, so I may tape some stuff while I'm sort of on the road there, uh, but then we'll be back in studio after that. And as always, I thank you guys for your support. I know this week was uh, not exactly the way we wanted it to turn out, but uh, politics isn't everything. You, you, you just keep going and you find those wins where you can. So have a great day, everybody. Uh, and if you want to play along, rubenreport.locals.com.